Hello, and welcome to Wayward Witch, a pagan podcast. My name is Miranda, and I'll be guiding you along this journey to explore non-denominational witchcraft for the modern practitioner, rather than every Tuesday, as I have been doing it for the duration of this podcast, I'm now airing for you on Wednesdays. You can find us on your preferred podcast provider, or by following the links on Twitter at WayWitchCast, or on Facebook and Instagram at WayWitchPodcast. Feel free to reach out for questions, concerns, or even just to chit-chat, as I do love to hear from all of you. Let's walk this path together. I think it's time we talk about the Divine Masculine. I know I've touched up multiple times in previous episodes about how we need to throw away our apprehension to really appreciate and work with the Divine Masculine that many of us have gained through rearing in patriarchal monotheism, but I think this particular subject really needs to be touched upon with this trend of rejecting masculinity. In order to do so, we need to discuss the difference between toxic masculinity and true healthy masculinity. I know that at face value, this sounds a bit like a feminist manifesto and breaching into the political side of things, but to be completely honest, I don't really care. While I know, while I don't really like to push my political beliefs or associations onto all of you, we can't shy away from certain topics in the hopes of pleasing everyone and catering to fragility. To start off, let's discuss what toxic masculinity is. According to the American Psychological Association, the socialization of masculine ideals starts at a young age and defines ideal masculinity as related to toughness, stoicism, heterosexism, self-sufficient attitudes, and lack of emotional sensitivity and of connectedness. The possibility of negative effects of harmful masculinity occurs when negative masculine ideals are upheld. Primary gender role socialization aims to uphold patriarchal codes by requiring men to achieve dominant and aggressive behaviors. The concept of gender roles is not cast as a biological phenomenon, but rather a psychological and socially constructed set of ideas that are malleable to change. I know that's pretty toothy stuff, folks, but it makes it all the more easy to define what healthy masculinity is or at least how I've seen it displayed by the wonderful figures in my life and faith that have displayed those attributes. Healthy masculinity is protection without control and confidence without ego. In contrast to toughness, it's truth strength, which doesn't seek to intimidate, but to inspire a sense of safety. It's emotional honesty with the self, but control over how those emotions could negatively affect others in ways that could be deemed abusive. Because stifling your emotions is far different than controlling how your emotions manifest. It's being passionate rather than aggressive, and dominant rather than domineering. When we come from families or faiths that deem masculinity as superior to femininity, and rule over our lives from that position, it's easy to shy away from any mention of masculinity. This is especially true when we're looking at the faith side of things, particularly when we look at the Judeo-Christian faiths that start off the whole belief system with blaming the woman for humanity's fall from grace. This way of thinking isn't really shared in witchcraft, nor many ancient polytheistic faiths, although we 
do see arch patriarchal archetypes displayed in some pantheons, such as the Greco-Roman myths and lore. So I think it's about time that we start healing from our pasts and exploring all that our expansive faith has to offer. Witchcraft is always seen as this wonderful balance of complementary factors. I don't want to use the word opposite here because masculinity and femininity aren't really opposites so much as they complement one another. While masculinity tends to focus more on the physical aspects of the world with realism, femininity focuses more on the spiritual and metaphysical with a sense of idealism. To only tap into one of these things while neglecting the other can be a bit hindering as your craft begins to grow and change over time. Even when we're approaching things from a more mundane standpoint, when we turn our backs on to the masculine aspects of the world and only place validity in the feminine, we're essentially promoting the manifestation and growth of the patriarchal ideas that we try so hard to run away from by reinforcing the idea that femininity and masculinity cannot coincide with one another, and we need to be separated to be placed in the, our own little boxes, never to touch. We cannot keep looking at these concepts as two different coins where one is better than the other, but as two sides of the same coin with their own unique aspects that can be used not only to benefit our occult workings, but our entire lives. After all, the moon isn't the absence of the sun. Rather, we get to bask in its beauty because the sun illuminates it. I have found through my own personal practice that worshipping gods that reflect healthy masculine traits has helped me overcome the damage done from toxic masculinity, both from my rearing as a child and through my experience growing up in a Southern Baptist household. While I was raised to believe that women were to be subservient to men due to our inferiority and weakness, the male gods of old sang a totally different song. In witchcraft and paganism, equality prevails whether you like it or not. This means that the views you have of yourself that you have been fed by patriarchal ideologies won't hold fast in the eyes of paganism and the occult. Therefore, using phrases like I can't, based on using, based on being male or female, won't really hold any validity here. Worshipping a goddess of childbirth and women isn't off limits to men just as worshipping a phallic god of male virility is enough limits to women. Using brutal physical activity and force isn't male-inclusive, just as practicing divination, which is seen as feminine, isn't female-inclusive either. What's important is working the balance, and understanding how each polarity works with the other. While the feminine can open you up for a magnificent experience through the psyche, the masculine can protect you in that state of openness and vulnerability. While wisdom is attributed to, femi to the feminine side of things, the action to carry out learned things from that wisdom is an act of masculinity. The feminine tells us to take action passively, though this is not to be seen as passive-aggressive or toxic in any way, but as a gentler, softer way of doing things, while the masculine tells us to use force to get things done, which doesn't directly translate to using violence if such thing isn't in your wheelhouse or your particular faith. So how do we worship the Divine Masculine when we've grown so accustomed to worshiping the Divine Feminine? It's far more simple than you think. While the Feminine asks you to sit still, 
listen, and focus in a world that urges you to be forever rushed and constantly trying to meet the next deadline, the Divine Masculine urges you to do with purpose, intention, and that very same focus. The Feminine seeks to enrich the spiritual side of things, while the Masculine seeks to focus on the physical. If we're looking at the theistic side of things, the type of action you could take as a form of worship of that masculine deity could be entirely dependent on what offerings that they would prefer and what they represent. Gods of war, for example, have a soft spot for violence and aggression. I know, it's very, very surprising. So to honor that in a healthy, legal way, you could consider picking up a martial art and train as an act of worship to that particular god. Gods of the harvest appreciate when you garden, and gods of the hunt like it, well, when you, uh, hunt. <laughs> Though, I do want to make a little note here. I know that many of you aren't into the hunting side of life. Another way to honor gods of the hunt is to care for a forest. Volunteer volunteering for a hiking trail pickup is a really good idea. If a particular god draws you in, definitely do some research into what they encompass and how to best worship them. It's really simple. But let's say you take things from a non-theistic approach, and, worship it, and you worship energies more than the deities of old and new, and you don't have the, the wonderful tool of resources available to be super specific with the actions needed to honor the Divine Masculine. Personally, I think that makes things significantly easier, because your options are open-ended. Take some time to introspect and ask yourself, what is healthy masculinity to you? And how can you manifest that into action as an act of worship? For me, being a leader is a masculine trait. So I work to communicate more effectively with those who look to me for guidance, while also maintaining a sense of connectivity with others that encourages personal growth that benefits the whole. When I research to be better in that aspect of life, the research that goes into it becomes a dedication to the masculine forces within my life, and when I falter in my abilities, I ask them for further guidance to better myself. I think all in all, we need to break away from the notion that all masculinity is toxic and needs to be avoided at all costs, and that it's entirely dependent on someone's gender identity. Neither of these hold any validity. Every woman has masculine traits, just as every man has feminine traits as well. It's whenever we suppress our healthy masculinity that we start perpetuating toxic masculinity. Therefore, when we continue to, to neglect that aspect within ourselves as a means to only focus on one side of a duality, we are not only continuing a cycle that is harmful to ourselves and others, but we literally become the problem. Even in female inclusive sects like of paganism like Diana Quicca, we see the worship of masculinity and goddesses like Athena, a Greek goddess of the hunt. So if you're struggling, maybe take some time to reflect on the ways your female deities that you deem worthy of worship and dedication exemplify examples of healthy masculinity so that you can find comfort in it for the long run. Firstly, I want to thank everyone listening today for your patience and understanding over the holidays and with the new schedule change. Goodness gracious, life throws us for some loops sometimes. I hope that all of you had a wonderful Yule, Saturnalia, winter solstice, fun time. 
even though I know it's super belated. Sometime this week, I will be plugging my Patreon on social media, so be on the lookout for that if you're interested in supporting the podcast, because the gods know this takes a lot of resources and effort. On topic of today's episode, I do want to really push something on all of you. In the spirit of talking about toxic masculinity, I'm reminded of the statistic that men are at the higher risk of of attempting suicide than women are. And this risk comes a lot from men being at the behest of that toxic masculinity I keep talking about, and not feeling safe to reach out for help during times of vulnerability out of fear of coming off as weak. If you're listening right now, and you're struggling with these thoughts, I want you to know that there is always a listening ear. There is always help, and life always gets better. You have had a 100% success rate for overcoming the bad days so far, and for that, I want you to know that I am so very proud of you for choosing to continue to exist in this world with me. If you or someone you know is struggling with these thoughts, please call your country's National Suicide Prevention Hotline or visit afsp.org find-support to get the help you need. I love you, and so many others do too. And like always, never forget witchlings. Be kind, be brave, be unstoppable. I'll see you next time.